And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Hey listeners, this is Nick from Scripture Central, and today's podcast addresses the question, why did Jesus use Passover imagery in his Bread of Life sermon? According to the Gospel of John, Jesus offered a powerful sermon as the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. This discourse, often called the Bread of Life Sermon, relates to the Passover in several profound ways. As summarized by Eric D. Huntsman, the Passover setting establishes some of the fundamental symbolism necessary for understanding the Bread of Life discourse, including deliverance, the crossing of the sea, miraculous feedings in the wilderness, and the saving role of the Paschal Lamb. These Passover allusions arise well before Jesus even began his famous sermon. For instance, in John chapter 6, verse 3, we learn that Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Other gospel accounts place this mountain in a desert place. This mountain wilderness context echoes the wilderness through which the children of Israel wandered after the very first Passover, as well as Mount Sinai, where they received the law of Moses. In this setting, Jesus fed his disciples as well as about 5,000 people who had followed him, which he accomplished by multiplying a few small loaves and fishes. This famous miracle, notes Huntsman, not only recreates the table fellowship of the Passover meal, but also harks back to Jehovah's provision of manna and flesh to the Israelites in the wilderness. Having witnessed this miracle, many present clearly recognized Jesus as a new Moses, stating that this is of a truth that prophet that should come into the world who would be like unto Moses. After these events, Jesus miraculously crossed the sea by literally walking upon it, akin to the Israelites traversing through the Red Sea on dry ground. While many viewed the coming Messiah as a prophetic king, Jesus' direct control over the elements showed that he possessed power typically attributed to Jehovah in the Old Testament. Jesus' identity as Jehovah was further solidified when he approached his disciples in the boat, saying, It is I, be not afraid. The beginning of Jesus' statement uses the Greek formula, I am, thus offering a possible rendering of, I am, be not afraid. This same formula was used by Jehovah to Moses when he declared, I am, that I am. And this formula is found elsewhere throughout John's Gospel in ways clearly identifying Jesus as the God of the Old Testament. Finally, as Jesus delivered a sermon to the multitude in Capernaum the following day, he stated, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. When asked how they might receive this bread, Jesus offered what was for many a shocking instruction. Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. And whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Many in the crowd misunderstood or doubted the truthfulness of Jesus' statement, just as many today might be puzzled by it. Yet, as Huntsman concluded, the Exodus imagery of the discourse's Passover setting provides an important although often overlooked, image that connects this flesh and blood symbolism directly to the original discourse that Jesus delivered, namely, the Paschal Lamb, which was sacrificed so that its blood would ward off death and whose flesh was eaten in a festive meal. 
For modern Christians, including Latter-day Saints, partaking of the bread of life and therefore the Paschal Lamb of God is most recognizable through the ordinance of the sacrament. While the sacrament is often understood to be commemorative of Jesus' atonement, Huntsman proposes that it may also have a broader meaning, not only looking backwards in time, but forwards also. The very fact that the sacrament is to be celebrated specifically until he comes again suggests that it can also, in a sense, be proleptic, anticipating his glorious return and foreshadowing the great end-time messianic feast. When viewed in light of these additional doctrinal relationships, the sacrament can take on new and profound layers of meaning. As C. Wilford Griggs observed, the sacrament of the Lord's Supper cannot be received without an awesome reverence, for by it he is in us, and we become one with him. Thus he prayed with those who supped with him prior to Gethsemane and the cross. Elder Bruce R. McConkie taught that for the Latter-day Saints and all Christians today, to eat the flesh and drink the blood of the Son of God is, first, to accept him in the most literal and full sense, with no reservation whatsoever, as the personal offspring in the flesh of the Eternal Father. Working the works of God, Elder McConkie continued, means keeping the commandments of the Son by accepting his gospel, joining his church, and enduring in obedience and righteousness unto the end. Sadly, many who heard this teaching directly from Jesus himself were unwilling to accept that he was the bread of life who had come from God. While Christ is not directly ministering to mankind today, the opportunity for a deep interpersonal communion with him and the Father is made possible each week through the ordinance of the sacrament. As we worthily participate in this sacred ordinance, we promise to take upon ourselves the name of Jesus Christ, to always remember him, including his body and blood which was given for us, and always keep his commandments. As both a commemorative and proleptic act, Huntsman writes, the celebration of the sacrament in Latter-day Saint theology therefore not only looks back to his atoning death, but also looks forward to the resurrection, emphasizing the possibility of current and future communion with him. By staying true to the covenants we make with the Lord, we can have this hope, looking forward to the great messianic feast when Jesus returns to the earth, as well as dwelling with the Father and Son in the eternities. As Jesus promised, Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Thank you for listening to this presentation from Scripture Central. For more information, please visit scripturecentral.org.